What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, hey! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Haberman and Middle Call Podcast. I'm Guy. He's John. And uh, we're happy to be here. Week one of the NFL season is here. Week one of the college football season in the rear view. It is, uh, the earth is burning, John. We are in our final days. But, um, you know, I like to think of it like, uh, you just go go about your business. You guys are such a pussy. He's been in the desert here for a while. It's hot. It's, you guy, you've lived in Fresno. The heat is therapeutic. I love the heat. Absolutely. I don't like the humidity. Love the dry heat. Yeah. And I, I wish more people would stop complaining about it. Because yeah, that's a, that's someone a that grew up in Davis, California... Hot as shit every year. Lived in Fresno, hot. San Luis, not that hot. Scottsdale, very hot. Fresno, extremely hot. Right? Extremely for how long? Extremely hot. Eight years? A uh, long time. Yeah, it was very hot. Yeah, people deal with it. I got my sunglasses, and um, you know, I don't like your attitude, but I got my sunglasses, and these are good. No, I'm pro heat. I just, I just want everyone to stop complaining about it and just enjoy it. People, let people be hot. People, it's 110 degrees I everywhere. Know. <laughs> But it's 110 degrees for a lot of people a lot of the time. I know. know. It's hot. (laughs) I I just enjoy, I just, I guess, enjoy it more than some. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, because I despise the cold. I mean, you lived in the city. I don't know how you did that for so long. I, that is well, so cold. See, that would be my counter. It's like 63 degrees. That's not no, cold. No, I know, but at night and stuff, it's just walking around. It's windy. Windy. Yeah. I, I, you eat a little sweat, you know, beads off your head. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good too. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's great to see you. It's great to see football. John, I would like to, these sunglasses are not a sponsor this week, so I'll take them off. I would like to say that uh, I think one of the great advancements in the experience for the sports fan has been the elimination of the fourth NFL preseason week. Because what it has made is a week in which all the NFL talk is done by the beginning of last week. And it just college football gets the whole thing. Like even NFL people are like, there's no, well, 53 man, none of all that shit's done by the time Thursday last week gets here. We get one weekend that is just, if you had to pick one to kick off football season, college or the NFL, I think you'd pick college because college is more of a football is a much higher level of football. College is a much higher level of party. And, um, I think it's just we have kind of gotten into this sweet spot where it is the perfect way to start football season. College football gets week one all to itself. Who isn't a college football fan on some level? And then the NFL takes over as kind of, you know, the professional in the building this this second week of September. It's perfect. I agree. Wait till we get to the 18 games, which it feels like it's not that far away. And all of a sudden they get like a three week buildup <laughs> and the Jason Pose of the world are getting cut and no one's even paying attention. You know, that's don't forget, guy, that's not that far away. Wait, were the Jason Poser getting cut? Well, he did get put, cut, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, when those guys get cut, no one's played a game in a while. Like, part of the lead up to get that cuts is that, like, kind of games, right? They were oh, just, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. once we get to the two weeks or the two games, I'll be fascinated to see where they put the Hall of Fame game because you probably wouldn't blow it out as early. Would they push? Would the would the the eighteen games be the second and third game? Will they be the first and second game? I don't. Will there be a gap? I don't know. You could Do almost, they even care? Probably not. <laughs> probably can't split it up where you play half the teams and then the other half the teams. Yeah, it'd be difficult. Weird. It'd be difficult. But that would probably be the way to do it. Um, I would guess they probably have a little more landing room and go with the second and third preseason games. More practice lead up would be my yeah. guess. Yeah, so so you just don't have that first week that we know. And maybe have. the first week then becomes the one-off uh, Hall of Fame game on like a Thursday night or a Sunday night, right? That's your celebration. Yeah, I mean, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right the on. one that always wants to talk about the the the, the game and the action. Yeah, I know. That I know. Month. And you watched all the preseason games. Well, because you end up just there's nothing else on television, you know. Greg uh, on the stream asks, "What's your favorite Tito's drink to cool down?" It's a great question, John. Tito's with a seven up. Uh, somebody on the stream says we are sponsored by Tito's handmade vodka. Hope you did what I did. What I know Middlecoff did. I don't know what the uh, what your, what the Nashville Tito's vibe was, but I'm sure oh it was high. I had several John Daly's last week for uh, Thursday night football. We're sponsored by Tito's handmade vodka. Hope you had a great kickoff weekend with Tito's, and hope you have another great kickoff weekend coming up this weekend with Tito's. I will say last year, remember the. Tito's with a little cranberry and some ginger ale or some ginger beer. That was a very refreshing drink. That would be an option. It, it really is. I mean, I just, I sucked down Tito's and sodas in Nashville. Like they were going out of style. Uh, Tito's has a massive, now granted, they're the number one vodka in America for a reason. Nashville's probably the strip on Broadway is one of its great drinking towns in the, in the country. Uh, they are well plastered everywhere. Guy I'm talking on the bars, like the, the rubber stamps, the signage, just the amount of people consuming it, a lot of people ordering it. it. It travels. You know, we know it's big. Texas West, also big Southeast. So uh, I, I contributed to that. I was just looking at my Chase bank statement today. 
lot of just like $30, $30, $30, and just bar, 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 bar. And those are all Tito's. So I just want to sell Tito's beverage and the entire ecosystem that is the uh, alcoholic beverage world. You're welcome. Yeah, number one, uh, number one team in the uh, AP top twenty-five in the coaches' poll, and uh, with a blowout win week one, and we expect several more blowout wins week two uh, and and beyond. Scott on the stream asks, "Have you guys tried Tito's in a can? Have not tried the can yet. Although our guy Devin says he got us cans. The cans are. I went to the Tito's website two weeks ago. They are selling like hotcakes. I don't know how how hotcakes sell, but they're selling like crazy. Have you ever eaten hotcake?" I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Second I don't care about it. I sounded 70. But um, is it a pancake? Is it – what is a hot cake? I don't know. But uh, the cans are selling like crazy. So I was mixing drinks. You were getting drinks mixed for you. Tito'sVodka.com for many more recipes. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, Eddie Proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Well, last night I was uh, scrolling through Instagram as the, the game was terrible. But terrible would be strong. It was – entertaining on a low level and i'm scrolling through instagram and i look at maria and i go john party just came out with a new cd and she started laughing at me and i realized like can you do people say that anymore and you realize yeah does he just come out with new streaming services he just comes out with new songs that you can find different places you just not like i cd is just no one's saying that anymore. And I uh, I obviously haven't bought a CD in years, but that's just how I think about it. Like, oh, you know, you see Morgan Wallen's CD is still atop the charts. <laughs> you know, but how about uh, Adele's new CD? We've got a new thing, new album dropping in October. You know just what's funny about Nashville before we dive into some football is like if you go to John Elway's restaurant, never been there, but I'm just using this example. I've been to the one in the airport. Okay, Elway's, right? I would guess... That if it's in Denver, there are Elway jerseys, right? This is the jersey Elway wore in the divisional round against the Jags. And then probably some of his buddies, like there'd be a Schlereth jersey. And then there'd be a Terrell Davis jersey. And maybe like a picture of Mike Shanahan with his coaching headset. In Nashville restaurants, right? Like let's say Jason Aldean or Luke Bryan's restaurant. They just have the same thing, like a... uh a you know a huge frame with the clothes they wore in the concert so it's like you go to florida georgia lines like this is what they wore at the country music awards in 2014 it's both their jeans and like their t-shirt and the other guy's button up and it's just that's the thing <laughs> and honestly you just kind of get numb to it you're like that's pretty cool that's pretty funny <laughs> you know it'd be like you know if you called the super bowl and instead of doing like a picture of the super bowl you just took that suit and you framed it. Yeah, or at least like the tie. <laughs> yeah, you know? that'd probably be a Nance thing. Just go it with is the a tie. Nance gives his tie to his favorite player of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, tie and maybe even to be funny, like throw your underwear in there, your boxers. Or you go commando and you don't have anything to put. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, be risky if you got a little, you got a little dr- it'd be risky. Yeah, sweat, dribble or something, you know, camera angle. You never know. This is the Super Bowl in Miami. It was hot as hell. All right, John, week one is here. Uh, of the NFL season Thursday night. We we got to figure out what our lock of the week is going to be. We'll get to some DraftKings stuff later. You went 1-0 with your college pick. I get, well, I won't get into that. Sorry, that's DraftKings stuff. NFL week one is here. Thursday night football, fantastic Thursday night game, which, you know, I could we could do this for the lock. Rams, Bills on Thursday night. I think Niners-Bears is the number two Fox crew, the number two Fox game, because Joe Davis is calling it, and I'm pretty sure he's the number two crew, which gives you kind of an idea 
of what some of the other Fox games are, right? There's New Orleans, Atlanta, uh, uh, Philly, Detroit, Jacksonville, Washington, the Giants and the Titans. And well, the well, and the one, one thing, for example, on the Bills, Rams, one philosophical belief we had of putting all our chips in the middle of the table on one bet was just try to stay away from like two playoff teams, right? Like yeah. we tried to pick a playoff team against a shitty team, mm-hmm. which is going to burn you a time or two throughout the year, right? Remember, I think the Bengals lost to the Jets last year. Uh, Cardinals, had, you could, could never trust them. But like the Bills-Rams would be like, that's a potential Super Bowl matchup would probably right. be because you go, well, the Rams are favored or underdogs at home. But philosophically, like, is it crazy the Bills won by 10? No. <laughs> no, I think the part that makes you kind of rethink that game is maybe you don't do the the who is bad. It's just that you at least know – you think you know what the Rams are, which is good, and maybe their value there, right? It's like, well, do you want to roll with the Titans at home? Why are the Titans only five-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Giants? Like, I wouldn't bet the Titans in that game. Do you want to take the Eagles plus uh, – take the Lions plus four at home against the Eagles or the Eagles – Minus three and a half on the road in Detroit. Do you want to take the Colts minus like seven? Lions. Yeah, I like the. I know you like the Lions. How about the Texans plus seven against the Colts? I mean, I know they got a new quarterback, but the Colts are not good historically. Not good in these games, right? It was it was funny. I was this guy's been really cool to me, and he's he's obviously went on to have. I mean, he's having a really good career as the general manager. One of the bars overlooks the Titans, John Robinson Stadium. Yeah, and I, I sent you a picture where the Titans, like the house Lorenzo Neal built, and I was kind of drunk. And I, I took a screenshot and I, I, I text him. I'm like, can't wait to watch you guys. You know, just kind of like stupid, but you know, just I'm there. And I real I basically said, I can't wait to watch you guys play and keep it rolling. And then I realized, like, I I'm not that interested in watching them play. <laughs> you know? Well, we all- don't even think they're going to be that good. Like to me, they're a classic team of. Is this somewhat of a step back year for them to be better years moving forward? Like Traylon Burks, like is he better? year two and three, like Malik Willis takes over in a couple of years. Like they're kind of in a transitional year because you look at their resume. They have been winning now for like three or four straight years, right? They have been, cons- they were yeah. the one seed, you know? And, and it wasn't just like, well, they just beat up on the Texans. I remember them beating the shit out of the Rams. Like, I mean, they, they were beating a lot of teams. I think they're a good example of like, they've been an 11, 12 win team. They've been winning playoff games. Are they a classic team that this year wins seven, eight games? And for them, it feels awful, but it's really just a step back year for them to like to then be kind of take their like pivot, you know? Right. I, it it feels well, part of I think the reason you could you could envision that is because their quarterback has a ceiling and yeah. it feels like he's reached it. Right. And they lose AJ Brown. I mean, it's like this would be the year for him, even with a solid coach to do it. So that would be one pick. I will tell you, in your along the same lines as your John Robinson. This weekend, I saw this Oregon State ran this sweet play, so I texted our buddy, friend of the show, Jonathan Smith. I was like, I love that play. And he like told me what he thought they should have done better. And then I saw this other play in another game that I loved, and I sent it to him, and I was like, what do you think of running this this week? And he didn't reply. <laughs> so you doubled down. It's risky to do that. Try, trying to, you know, <laughs> just trying to – I wanted him to run a play that I suggested to him and then feel like an offensive coordinator, but he got there, on with his day. Yeah, they're, they're. I actually think Oregon State's pretty good. Uh, they're really good. We can get to them because they're they're underdogs this week. But as relates to, sorry, did you have something else on the Titans before we jump to some? No, of other but games? I was just thinking about like Tannehill. You know, part of like what makes the Niners so fascinating is the quarterback. Just watching this guy play, Tannehill's in the group of like the four guys, and we'll. I'm sure we'll talk about Derek a little later. 
of like Tannehill is the worst version, Derek Cousins and Dak. I mean, they've got to be three. I mean, Tannehill less than the other three, but like Dak, Cousins, Derek, just are polarizing topics, right? Because half the people are shitting on them. Half the people are blowing them. Then there's kind of this middle group that's kind of unsure that kind of waffles, you know, because like everyone agrees Aaron Rodgers is sweet, right? Or Josh Allen or Herbert or Burrow or Mahomes or even Lamar. Like we all acknowledge like there's sweet talents. That crew of guys, and they're all kind of like, are those three teams going to make the playoffs? Like, are the Cowboys going to make the playoffs? And if they don't make the playoffs, McCarthy would get shit on, but that probably means the Dak didn't play that well. Cousins, I guess their defense could be terrible. To me, Derek, I mean, is just, I'd say him and Cousins are two of the more polarizing guys in the league. Dak, I think, has the Cowboy factor in him. Though, I think you watch him, some days you watch him, you're like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. And then some days you watch him, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think Dak, out of the three of them, feels like, I think I'd like Dak. <laughs> like, I want to hang out. I think Cousins and Derek can be, you know, some people are like, yeah, it might be a little religious or be a little weird for me. I think Dak is really well-liked just as a human being. Like, people are like, that's a fucking great guy, man. You see these clips on the internet, you're like, Jesus, this guy's a good human. Where it feels like Derek and, and Cousins get like, oh, man, those guys again. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the other thing with Derek is he does not have a great defense, kind of in the same way that Kirk doesn't, right? That could bite them, even though their offense is – like Kirk, should be very good. It feels like the Raiders' defense, I guess, you know, they have a new defensive coordinator, was pretty feisty last year down the stretch, wasn't it? Because their team wasn't scoring that many points. The guy that they got, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator that they kind of stole from the Giants, who's a Patriot guy, like people in the league think he's legit. (laughs) You know, I think people think Patrick Graham is, you know, Todd Bowles, Fangio, like one of the elite defensive coordinators in the league. Now, part of, I'd say, more offense, you can manipulate it. It's hard to be like, yeah, we played with uh, seven undrafted free agents at linebacker and DBs, and we were top five defense. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, you kind of need some – it's a little bit about the Jimmys and the Joes. They're front, though. I mean, Crosby and Chandler Jones, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know who's covering anybody. Uh, Packers-Vikings, I mean, that's another one, right, given that Devontae's gone, and uh, the question is, can here's this back-to-back MVP, can he do it again? Those games are generally good. Packers are one and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, Patriots, Dolphins can get weird. I mean, that's a sneaky, maybe not so sneaky, very interesting game. Patriots are two and a half point underdogs in Miami. Um, one day I was driving around. had a bad preseason. <laughs> and Aaron, who's a returning guest now for McAfee, which I think that's worked out pretty well. Good for, for business. <laughs> is he was asked, like, do you think you can go back to back to back? And even he told Pat, like, it's probably borderline impossible. Like, you look at the one time it kind of happened, he did split it with Barry. And we have been the one seed the last couple of years, right? That's also part of it. They have been the one seed, and he's dominated. So it's just, if they just, I'm going to pick them. Like, I think, I pick them. I mean, they'll, I think they'll win the division. Uh, but let's say they didn't, and he has, like, statistically a little, ble- it's just going to be very, very hard. People want to kind of vote for someone new. It feels like there's already a lot of momentum. Like people would gladly vote for Burrow. You know, I, I think Mahomes come back. Like if Mahomes is a 50 touchdown guy, like that motherfucker's back. I, Even- I like Mahomes for MVP this year, John. I, I'm going to go out on a limb on that one. I do too. Because if they win the division and he's throwing 45 plus touchdowns, it's going to be hard to not think like he back. Well, I think I saw what did, wh- huh? He never left. Everyone acts he like never left. Weird. He threw 43 touchdowns last year, I think. 
Well, it just felt like, you know, when you are great, the bar okay, was a little off 37, 37, yeah. 13. So that's uh, I, not a great. I bet he I would just say know watching them last year. They felt at times like they were sleepwalking. So I think yeah. people felt that the Dolphins played the Patriots week one and week 17 and won both games and Tua started both games. Right. Tua was 59 percent, 200 yards, a touchdown, a pick week one, 15 to 22, 68 percent, a touchdown, no picks week two. They I flew mean, down. 17. You see, they flew down there today. New England did. Yeah, he's spending all it's week Tuesday. down in the, in the heat. Yeah, smart. Well, you you're gonna do that again. That their owner can be a little, from what I've heard, frugal. You're gonna do that, and you start losing but some. But of he these wants games. to get down to Florida. Who? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, he claimed it was his buddy that took him there. She um, owned the establishment. It wasn't with the worker; it was with the owner. I I, I feel, and she was in her forties. Uh, uh, what else you like? What else jumps out to you? I mean, do you see Mitchell Trubisky is starting? Although disrespectful, Schefter called him Mitch on Twitter. Mitch Trubisky getting the start. Did you one. see that they put out there too deep and he was third? And then Tomlin came out and said that we screwed it up. He's actually Kenny Pickett's actually our second string quarterback. Wait, Mitchell was third. No, Rudolph. no, no. M- Mitchell was the starter. Rudolph yeah. was second. Pickett was third. This they they post it. The Steelers come out and say we screwed up. Pickett is supposed to be our second. I've never heard of anybody having to address that. Wow, because Usually it became a big. Team. It did yeah. become a big. It did become a big story. Like he's, that is a he's big not going to dress. Yeah, and they yeah, claim no, deal. he's dressing. He's ready. That's a big deal. Uh, Raiders, I think three and a half point underdogs this week against the Chargers. That's a fantastic game. <laughs> I mean, is it not? We think it's the best game of the week, right? Outside of Thursday, it's the best game of Sunday. I actually think the the other two games in the window have grown on me. I think Chiefs. Arizona's I'm going to that be paying attention to that thing. And I do think Minnesota Green Bay is pretty good opener in Minnesota. That place is just a fan. That place does feel a little collegiate, doesn't it? Yeah. When they're rocking. Yeah. Skull. And they're, they're doing the horn. Mm. You see Tom and Giselle are living in separate homes. Did not see that in the same area or in different places. That, that's that's what the New York Post. I, I didn't actually read the article. Separate homes where? Uh, like, like, I don't have the information. Another state or like, yeah, same neighborhood. I, that's a good question. Co parenting. Don't, don't have that. Where the kids sleep. I mean, that's who knows. It's just getting weird. Yeah. Uh, Ravens Jets. That'll be Flacco <laughs> against the Ravens revenge game. Well, I saw that they said that he might play. Zach Wilson. You don't think he's going to play? Was he practicing? Well, I mean, they haven't really had practice yet. Well, you tell me that if, if, if I he's think, I, thing, then he'll play. Well, Robert Sala said he he could play. I think they'll announce it tomorrow. But do you agree if he's not practicing, then he's not playing? They're not going to throw him out. In a, he's yeah. not fucking Rodgers. We'll here. find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Seahawks, Broncos. I mean, Bucks, Cowboys, you mentioned Tom, but Dallas plus two and a half. By the way, I, lo- I love watching the Bucks. I prefer them on the road. I don't like really watching them at home. I think I agree. their home environment kind of stinks. So I love what Bucks are a big game team. Was it New Orleans? Were they on the road last year, week one for New Orleans? Was that a week one game or no? Am I misremembering that? Probably they wouldn't have played. They were the defending champs, so they wouldn't have played week one on the road. Yeah, I don't. I don't. They remember. must have played Thursday, and maybe week two they played at New Orleans. Yeah, I remember Green Bay last year, week one got destroyed by like seventy five points, maybe to New Orleans, but maybe not. Feels well, like a lifetime ago. The yeah, Packers lost right. by a lot. I feel like the Packers lost to Tampa, but they, they, Tampa well, he, would have. That was later because didn't Aaron throw like four? Was Aaron throw like four picks in that game? I thought that was Week One, but was I don't remember one? who. They, maybe it was. Maybe it was, that would make sense. Carolina or Atlanta or something. 
Bucks hosted the Cowboys Thursday night opener, Ben says on the stream. I don't remember that game at all. I remember Not, the hype for that game. I can't picture that game, though. I can't picture one play. So they've, they're playing again. Against yeah, the Packers the lost the Saints. In Tampa. Yeah, Man. makes sense. I mean, well, who, who do you want to play in the biggest game? Uh, Brady Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just, who do you want to play? Uh, Michael Jordan Knicks. I mean, this isn't a complicated formula. You're right. I mean, no, it's, who do you want to fight? Uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Mike Tyson. I mean, yeah, you're just you're just trying to draw. Yeah, yeah you give it to MJ. Have him go one on one. Can Tiger just play himself? Uh, this, this is pretty like they will do this till Tom quits or Giselle leaves him and he's forced to quit. Like Tom is getting the Cowboys week one every fucking game. Well, Maybe, if Giselle leaves, he can't quit. If Giselle leaves, he's got to stay longer. Well, it could just ruin his psyche. You know, that's true. Unless he can't stand her, which would have to be on the table. Broncos, Seahawks. Uh, did I say that already? Monday Night Football, Seahawks plus six and a half. Yeah. What's you your know. take on Russell Wilson buying a 20,000 square foot house with four four bedrooms? The most nonsensical purchase I've ever heard of. I don't even understand who designed because he didn't. It was a the home was already yeah, it was built. already there. Yeah. And it was how many bathrooms? Twelve bathrooms, twelve bathrooms, four bedrooms. Yeah, I don't. First of all, red flag. Does he? I mean, it's him. It's his wife. That's one bedroom. Yeah. How many kids do they have? They uh, well, like, they got they got the one from her. I think they have a couple yeah. more. Yeah. So do they? Does Russell? Does no no one come visit Russell? Well, do super Why rich people Russell- when your kids are really young? Do they automatically get their own rooms, or is I that just so. something when you're just normal people? I think I think yeah, you get your own room. But I'm saying like you know sometimes like like I don't when- think they're in a bunk bed like a seven year old and a four year old. Well, let's say I had a five bedroom house. Yeah. And I had a you know I had a big house and I had three kids. Yeah. If I had a kid that was one and three, I might put them together for a couple of years. I think they get their own rooms. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying what you're going to do. I'm just saying, I bet if we polled most people, three kids, five bedrooms, everyone's got their own room would be my guess. Yeah. But you have know. an office, a workout room, that type that's of thing. True, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, yeah. I'm just saying I, I'd be, maybe you're right. Maybe you share beds, four bedrooms. I, I've never, how is that? Why do you have 12 bathrooms in four bedrooms? It's the most nonsensical yeah, home design I've ever heard of. Stupid it makes no sense. Very dumb. A lot of plumbing. I mean, can we, can we stay? Eh, sorry. Holiday in five months a year. Russell's at work, so it's like, what are you even you and all the bathrooms for? Some of the I, one of the kids might not even be potty trained. Own bathrooms. That's the real. That's the real question. Do you get your own bathroom? That is great if you're Russell. You, you know, you don't want to. But you can go everywhere. Where are you? <laughs> Wasn't me. I told you two flushes after a big poop. Was it me? Um, Browns, Panthers, okay. Jags, Commanders. No one, you know, John. Here's a game no one's talking about. Jags, Commanders. Other games out there. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Say, oh, I did wonder. Do you think Falcons plus three and a half value? I think the Falcons are going to be so it's terrible. Now plus year. five and a half. Dennis Allen, head coach, Jameis. That would be a stay away for me. I mean, Saints are very good defense in theory. Uh, and that we've just named all the games. I'm with you. Chiefs cards. Chiefs right now minus six. That's an incredible game. That's one of those games where... On Cliff, the road. On the road. Cliff I and think, Kyler win that game. and I think they could destroy them. The only th- reason that I am not going to push that for the lock of the week is just because like, I do respect the cards' talent. Yeah. And the little guy you know, running around. He's pretty dynamic September. Who did the Chiefs play week two? Oh, Chargers. Thursday night football. Chargers. Yeah. At home. 
It's a pretty uh, big week all. stretch, two week stretch for like the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. I think the Raiders play the Cards week two. The Cards too. Like car, Cards could start zero and two. Cards. Some of these, there's going to be a team potentially of that little group that starts zero and two and actually isn't bad. Kansas City goes to Tampa week four on Sunday Night Football. T- Tampa's schedule is pretty intense. Our our week four schedule is Miami Cincinnati Thursday Night Football. That's a to me that's kind of a cool game, very what very game? unique game. Miami at Cincinnati on a Thursday night. Don't hate it. KC Tampa on Sunday, Rams Niners on Monday. We're way ahead. We're at, we're already in week four. <laughs> that's how football works. Like, hey, you know, Georgia Alabama seven weeks. You know, you're you always talk about the sweet stuff well, and you don't live in the moment. Coach, Be present. Right? You got to break the season up into quarters, John. Four quarters. Be present. Four quarters. All right. Uh, one of the pieces of news that uh, happened over Labor Day was this. Albert Breer buried deep in the MMQB because it only got one sentence about Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Quote, and while I'd heard the news was, as you'd expect, a little complicated for Lance at first, he's a smart, mature kid who I believe can handle it. I pulled the wrong quote. God damn it. Hold on. Let me get it right. That's This is not the right quote about Trey. I was multitasking, John. Stand by. How's that not the right quote? Well, you'll see in a second. We're going to take two on this. John, here's some news from the weekend. Monday morning quarterback Albert Breer wrote this. Well, I'd heard Lance was a little annoyed in the immediate aftermath of the Garoppolo restructuring. He's a smart and mature kid who I believe can handle it. Truth is, if you couldn't, you might have bigger questions about where the 49ers are at the position. There you go. So, quote unquote, a little annoyed. A little more explosive. A little more explosive. A little more, yep. That's more more direct. I, I I think it is completely understandable that when if someone makes the team, right? Mitch Trubisky can't be a little annoyed if they had named Kenny Pickett the starter, right? Every day in practice, they were around each other in the meeting rooms. Garoppolo threw to two people that look like you and me and then ate lunch and went home. Trey showed up, worked out, practiced, meeting rooms, greasy, Kyle, and Jimmy Garoppolo was nowhere to be found. So I I think when this got broached to him, which clearly happened a day or two before the news broke, that it they realized it might be a possibility. I completely understand in Trey's shoes the notion of like, what? I thought he was I thought we were gonna cut him. I thought he was not going to be here anymore. I completely understand that. I actually think it's a very normal reaction given the circumstances, right? Like he was not in the meeting rooms or at practice. I think it would have been like if he was at practice and that we'd be like, Ooh, might be a little something there, but they hadn't even been hanging out or around each other. Right. Yes. I'm just going to follow it up with Breer then tweeted full disclosure. My wording might've been a little presumptive. I'm not climbing the guy's head. What I heard was it was complicated news to take, as you'd expect it would be. And again, that was just in the immediate aftermath. He'll be fine. First so of all, the, I love it. So the Niners didn't love his his wording, right? Niners didn't love his wording. I'm sure Don Yee didn't love his wording. But first of all, I love the idea of this being immediate aftermath. But um, what I'd heard was it was complicated news to take. There's no other way to interpret that than as he wrote it the first time, which to your point is fine. No one ever says, John, how did you react to the news? You go, well, it's complicated. And I'm like, well, John's thrilled about it. No, no, that's not 
So whatever words you want to use, maybe he he made up his word because somebody said, oh, it was a little complicated. And then he said, well, I'll interpret that as a little annoyed. Whatever it was, of course, whatever it was. Of He's course a human being. Yes. I was thinking this morning, uh, I was getting a little sweat in, sweating out the Tito's. That's still a lot in there. And one narrative that's going to come up is like, did this, this Jimmy Trey is just a created outside noise. Like, let's not get this twisted. The Niners created the situation. The fans, us, everyone that talks about it, that is not inside the building on the team, it is completely fair to constantly talk about it, I think. Unless Trey is just killing it and be like, well, okay, he's clearly the backup. But when any interception, anytime a game gets weird, anytime he loses, they created the situation. I understand from a value standpoint, made complete sense. But as the season goes on, when guys are calling their games, the Tarikos and the Collinsworths and the Joe Bucks, and it's going to come up that, like, you know, the Niners are big on this is just the fans talking about it. Well, yeah, because you guys signed up for this situation. It would not be talkable if it was just like Purdy and Sudfeld. It would not, no one would take it seriously. I'm not saying it wouldn't get talked about because fans are humans and fucking people get pissed off when you throw a couple picks and you lose a game. I know I do just as much as the next guy. But it's a lot different in this situation. And to me, no matter how this thing transpired, if it does get a little weird, the first and foremost people, the blame is the wrong way to put it, but that that created this potential ecosystem is the team. Starting with Kyle and John doing it. I don't blame Jimmy. Like I've said over and over, he was not getting $6.5 million from anywhere else. So I, I put in a vacuum his... This decision from a just a black and white standpoint was this was the most money he could get, or at least guarantee he could get. Like maybe with incentive somewhere else. If at Seattle least at a said, at least at a place where he knew if he had to play, he could succeed. Right. Going to Seattle for a little more money, I wouldn't but, have but I don't think he could have got more money there. I could have seen them being like, Hey, we'll give you like three or four million dollars and five hundred thousand dollar bonus for every start. And who would if he only started five or six games? You just never know. Like a lot I mean of guys take less money to start places. I would also have advised him not to do that, not to go to Seattle. Right. So yeah. whatever the circumstance is, to your point, if it is indeed the most money, it's also one of the probably one of the better situations. But he even, but he didn't come back for two million. Like six and a half is still he I would imagine he's one of the higher yeah. paid backups in the league, right? Well I think the highest if you don't count Sam Darnold. Yeah, I don't think you can, right? It's not a true yeah, okay, yeah, Sam, because they got two guys making $19 million. Yeah. M- most guys make, I mean, Mariota's in the world, and Mitch's all make like two, two and a half. Here, I mean, Colt McCoy, here's what the Niners want us to, a few things the Niners want out there, right? And we'll find out if they believe it or not. They want us to believe that they think Trey's good enough for this not to be an issue. They want to believe that Trey's mentally strong enough for it to not create worse play, because that's a fair question. If Trey doesn't play well, well, did you create this by having Jimmy around? Did you create some instability yeah. in Trey's mind? Did you undermine his leadership? Right. All that. Um, and, and uh, you know, they want us to believe that they believe in him a lot. Like a few bad games is not going to mean Jimmy Garoppolo time. That the only reason Jimmy Garoppolo is back is because he's just such great value. They couldn't pass it up. Right. That's, that's the way they presented it. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's true 
that they believe in Trey fully. They're not looking for any reasons to replace him with Jimmy, that a few bad games from Trey won't mean Jimmy Garoppolo becomes the quarterback. If at the end of the year, Trey's had some ups, some downs, and throughout the downs, they never wavered. They stuck with Trey the whole time. As everyone else is wondering, I don't know, you guys, you're close to missing the playoffs. You're kind of against the, you're trying up against the wild card race. You should probably go to Jimmy. If they do what they did last year in reverse, which is when everyone's calling for the other guy, sticking with the starter, and it works, then they'll be able to say, see, we told you we it was always about Trey. But we have to get there first. And a million other things can happen that are not part of the plan. Their plan is to stick with Trey. But things happen that blow up your plan all the time. Injuries. No one would blame them. Injuries would be a great reason for them to say, see, this is why we did this. If Trey got hurt, now we can play Jimmy, and it's not like going to Purdy or Sudfield, whatever. Time will tell, but time will have to tell how real they are about all of this. For now, all the talk on the outside, which you can say as much as you want, that we put on blinders, we don't listen to anything outside of the room, blah, blah, blah. We know that's not true because the second a team is an underdog, they say nobody believed in us. So they know what's being said. And this is an easy one to kind of imagine what's being said. And I think the real question is what happens in that locker room and in those coaching meetings if Trey struggles? What do they do then? And that's the thing that we can all and should, because they, to bring it for full circle back to your point, they created the ability to ask the question, which any responsible coach would be doing their job at every position. Every coach loves to say every position is always under evaluation. Are we doing the right thing, sticking with player A over player B if player A is struggling? I think it's a different scenario. I'm not saying this apples to apples at all, but and they weren't they weren't coming off a successful year but when you do put yourself in a situation and this guy turns out he's been on multiple teams Carson Wentz and, and people are starting to question like is he a weirdo and when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round it immediately got weird again not apples to apples i just think when you put yourself in that situation and the guy struggles and you could argue Carson had more equity. You could argue in a weird way he had like less equity in Trey Lance because Trey Lance's equity is just like this hope and all the picks. Carson had had some high highs, but he also had some low lows that you just put it out there. And it's it's a tangible thing to speak about, right? It's, it would have been like if when people talked about where was Jimmy going to go if he got cut and people like, don't discount Miami because like New York was also a team. Well, Daniels, everyone thinks Daniel Jones sucks. So it's like if they wanted to bench Daniel Jones three weeks in, no one would have cared. The Tua thing would have been a lot different. It's like a couple weeks in, like just go to Jimmy. Well, they had drafted Tua fifth overall, and he's a year younger than Daniel Jones in terms of his time in the league. And it's like, do you even know yet? And you just kind of put this clock on. And I'm not saying those situations parallel this because these guys know each other. If you watch some, I, I didn't watch the entire press conference, but Jimmy's clips Go back to Trey Lance when he was drafted. Remember the Colts, uh, the picture of the Colts draft board, and two guys had like the the special blue, and it was, I think it was Trey Lance and, and Devontae Smith were the yeah. two guys, and they're yeah. just known as like, I mean, Devontae Smith was known as the alpha on the Alabama team. I mean, that's just, just enough said, right? In a unit with, when when Judy and Ruggs came out and they asked him who was the alpha in the room, he was still going back to school. They said, oh, Devontae. And that's, you know, a, t- a team that really values character. So Trey Lance, from a character standpoint, everyone loved him coming out. Jimmy's press conference of the clips about, you know, Kawakami asking him about, you know, basically sucking up his ego, being the backup quarterback. And the Jimmy's answers, this is why character matters, you know, and it's, this is at the, even the highest level. Like this is kind of crazy, 
like Jimmy's a pretty even unique character guy because I think a lot of people, quote unquote, high character players would be like, fuck this. And no one would blame them. Right. I mean, remember when Matt Ryan, the rumors got out and if you ever heard Matt Ryan's clips before he got traded, he was like, you know, it was the first time I had to kind of look out for myself. I had to realize like I kind of I could get cut, you know, I could get traded like I had to kind of and Jimmy never really played that game. Which is just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think we've seen him play enough, so it's not like he's not quote-unquote competitive, but he's, I'd say he's a pretty big outlier in any professional sports, but that's the only reason this has a potential to work because it would not be possible. Like, let's just say Jimmy. The other reason would be if Trey were just, you know, an, all pro, an all-star level quarterback right away, right? Even then, if Jimmy were not a great teammate, it would also work potentially in that scenario. Let's say tr- Jimmy had gotten hurt midseason last year. Trey had taken over, and it was pretty clear he was a stud. They had the same success. They got to the NFC Championship game and lost. But everyone felt like, oh, Trey's going to be a stud. He's going to be one of the the next one of that group, you know, that we talk about all the time. Is there any chance Jimmy's back on this team? Or they just was at the value, rookie contract. We just want to have a backup plan. It w- in some ways, it would have been easier to bring Jimmy back on the team, right? Yeah, because there wouldn't be the – it's like he we've had, already seen it with Trey. There'd been a competition, and we all saw Trey take his job. Yeah. But usually, like, when, Lamar, remember, did that, when Lamar, Lamar did that to Flacco, now Elway gave Flacco some money, like, you usually just pivot. Yeah. You know? Did Alex leave immediately after yeah. Colin took over? He didn't back up the next year. That one was pretty weird. Only backed up for the half season or yeah. whatever. Uh, Joshua on the stream says, media acts like Jimmy was fucking Herbert. <laughs> See, I think this is one of the reasons Trey actually has a pre- – I think Trey Lance has a pretty long leash from Kyle. And I think one of the reasons is that, and I've said this a lot, I think Kyle, Jimmy bothers Kyle a lot. As much as he sees a lot in Jimmy, there are a lot of things that really frustrate him about the way he has to play with Jimmy. And, um, you know, I, I think the Jimmy stuff probably comes from the fact that they've won with him. And that's why Jimmy gets the credit that he gets. But I don't think there are many illusions about Jimmy not being worthy of trying to replace. I think it's became clear that Garoppolo was the level of quarterback that if you can try and upgrade, you should try and upgrade. I agree. Because he's the worst of the group that we talk about all the time. That's the most polarizing, right? Cousins, Derek, Dak, which those guys are locked Tannehill. in going nowhere. Tannehill's worse than those guys. and But his money, you're kind of stuck. I would say in a weird way, would I rather have Jimmy? I think the stats would say Tannehill, but let's just say Jimmy's the worst of that group. Tannehill can throw it down the field. Yeah, it feels like Tannehill's better. More, he's more talented than Jimmy. Jimmy, in a weird way, is kind of an overachiever. Is that fair to say? Well, think about it. He's not the tallest guy. I mean, he doesn't have the biggest arm. Where do you go to school? Yeah, one of the seven Illinois that I always screw up. Because yeah, the, all three guys went there. Is that incorrect? Is I that think it's wrong? Southern. It's wherever Peyton and Romo went. So, I mean, not think, not Manning, uh, Sean. That context, not Arch, <laughs> not Arch. No. When you think of him in that context, and then how many championships he's won, or how many Super Bowls he's been to, yeah, in those ways, he is an overachiever. You know, and just when you look at the physicality of the position, like who are the great quarterbacks? Who's people want to draft? It's guys that are taller, more athletic, stronger, faster, all that stuff. That's why I'm telling you, I'm not. I always get it wrong. Jay Daddy's Eastern. Going number. down a draft tangent here, but the Bryce, when you're five ten and 170 pounds, and Bryce Young is an incredible player, 
he is tiny. Like the knock on him is going to just be size. Like size does, it just matters a little bit. Like what's going to be the thing on Florida, the Florida kid? Well, Anthony Richardson, 6'4", 230. I mean, what's not to like? Are, are, are we not sure that guy ends up the number one overall pick? Or at least drafted ahead of one of the other guys that you know gets more attention coming into the year? I just hate pl- doing that game sometimes. I remember watching Josh Rosen play like two games like this number one pick. Well, you he know how many touchdowns going, Anthony? He did end up going 10. Do you know how many touchdowns Anthony Richardson threw in the win over Utah? One. None. He didn't he ran throw. for three. Oh, I thought that he was ran a, one too. That, that was a two-pointer, huh? Yeah. That was pretty. I mean, was that the play of the weekend? I think uh, the pump fake pirouette, deke a second guy out. I mean, that's up there, yeah. Given given the level of game they were yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think, like, what were the other great games? I mean, the block, whoever blocked the extra point, that might have been the play of the weekend on Sunday night. Would you trade Trey Lance for Anthony Richardson right now? No, I don't think I would. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Anthony Richardson was plus 4,000 for Heisman before that game. You know, Stenson Bennett was 100 to 1, has moved up to about 20 to 1. Look pretty good. It's pretty criminal. Like, he gets no respect. I mean, you understand, but... He's got a little Brock Purdy to him, right? Even small. He's tiny. Skinny. He's tiny. Brock Brock is kind of thick. Yeah. Brock was a scholarship guy. This guy's a walk-on. He had to go to junior college and came back. Bennett's not still paying for college right now, is he? I I don't think so. No. (laughs) That'd be pretty criminal. Like, what? Listen, sit, sit him down like Stetson. If, I know you're a winner. We could get one more five star guy if you don't take a scholarship. It's like trying to get James Harden to take a pay cut. Like, hey, man, we just. <laughs> in college, though, I guess in cap sports, it's the same. But in college, like, you got a number of scholarships. Like, hey, Stetson, we could go. We got, we, if we could use your scholarship, I mean, we'll find a way to pay for your school. Like, uh, you know, we'll get you the NIL deal. For, your, for, for the four units you're taking this year, whatever the hell he's taking, right? He's taking one class probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's on the liner plan, huh? Yeah, he's got to be. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about DraftKings. Promo code HAM. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Right now, sign up with the code HAM, and new customers can bet just 5 bucks and get $200 in free bets Instantly, that's DraftKings code HAM. Guy, and added and as an added bonus, can't even speak for week one. Everyone can experience the throw of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple: bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by ten at any point in the game, they do not have to win. They do not have to cover. You get paid instantly, even if the team loses. I, I just. I don't know what to say. That's that's an incredible deal. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code HAM to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code HAM only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I mean, if history is any guide, the Seahawks are guaranteed to trail by 10 at some point to the Broncos and then somehow make it a game. Geno Smith or somebody does something and, you know, Russell. I actually, it I, see, I think it's the opposite. I envision Seattle being up like 13 to nothing and being like, oh, oh. my God. And then Russell I like pulling that. it out of his ass. Does he get a huge ovation? Yeah, I think so. 
mean, he's the greatest player in the history of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. He deserves one. Yes, yes. Hug, pregame hug with Pete? Uh, would that be a pretty big deal if he shoves Pete or something? <laughs> uh, you already said the stuff that was important. All right, DraftKings, we'll have our lock of the week coming up um, a little later. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get to another Niners topic, so you had Arkansas, was it minus six? Six and a half. Six and a half. And um, they covered. Yeah, they did. No, no. Did you have Arkansas or did you have Oklahoma State? Uh, I took Arkansas. On this thing, you took uh, Western. Not no, you did the McIlwain pick. That's the oh one yeah, I, I, did, I did McIlwain. I I, I got I, I got freaked out about Arkansas, but then when the game happened, uh, after when did McIlwain? Oh yeah, I oh I Western, bet on them, 
yeah. they had covered, so I had some money. So then I put it on Cincinnati, or I put it on Arkansas. But we got to talk about the Western Michigan line. So Western Michigan was, what was that game? Oklahoma State, like 17, 18 and a half, 19 and a half, 21? I thought it was, yeah, tripled. I thought it was 21. I thought it was three touchdowns. And it was, it was over. They, they were killing them, right? It was, I mean, what did that game get to? It was like, was it like I, I didn't really, I didn't really watch much of it. I didn't watch any of it. I was just following along. And uh, Western Michigan with a miracle comeback. Well, the final score was like 54 to 44 or something, wasn't it? It was incredible. <laughs> 58 to 44. I mean, Jim McElwain can score points. I had Utah minus uh, two and a half. You know what? I don't regret it. They got beat uh, by Florida, but I don't regret the pick. I thought Florida could beat them. I was betting on Utah and um, almost did it at the end, John. Almost did it at the end, and I would have felt good. But I, that I think game, we'll, it was clear very clearly they were not going to run away with that game, which no one thought. I mean, the line didn't indicate that anyone thought that. But I thought if you could redo it, you know, Utah somewhere 7-10 to 10 feel, felt right after last year. I do wonder if Florida was a little undervalued on at the. I think like, they were. Utah just doesn't play in that environment. Let's be real, right? In, I'm but the environment I'm, isn't what beat them. It was the no, quarterback but, beat them. But I'm just saying, like that that difficulty of playing in that environment in the heat, and then you factor in the team being good. Like if Florida's down, Utah beats them by 15 points. For Florida has a real coach. Like that guy's good. Absolutely, Billy Napier can't coach. That guy's good. But it's part of why it was only two and a half. Like we'll see where Florida ends up this year. Well, I, I do think the swing on the quarterback, people like thought he was pretty good, but like how good, like people, he might win the Heisman, you know? I mean, well, Kyle Whittingham said he's like Cam Newton last week. So he wasn't surprised. <laughs> no, I know, but coaches are a little different than people, right? Yeah. Which, I think, I think yeah. going into the season, if you and I lived in SEC country and we said this guy could have a Cam Newton season, a lot of people would be like, let's pump the brakes. I mean, right. And now yeah, it's like, could this definitely. guy be the next Cam Newton? <laughs> Which is probably even still a little disrespectful to Cam, right? Who had maybe the he had one of the greatest college football. Well, ever. I'm, my guy T Bob, who uh, I just stumbled upon, who was breaking it down, and he said if you look back at Cam's Heisman Trophy winning season, it did it. It got a lot crazier as the year went. I don't think he just hit the ground like ten touchdowns in the first couple of weeks. He had some memorable moments as the season went, and obviously they kept winning. And part of it, you got to win. Former Florida quarterback Cam Newton. Former Florida quarterback Cam Newton. Well, part of that deal, too, is like when you look at Florida quarterbacks, historically, they've had great teams. They've never had a, like most of their quarterbacks actually aren't, quote unquote, great NFL prospects. Right. Tebow, Leach, Wolf, Rex, uh, Rex, Danny Warfel, Rex Grossman. Grossman. This is the whole. This is the first guy that goes like this guy would have been a Georgia Bama. Jesse Palmer. Good looking. Did uh, how was um the old ball coach as an NFL player? Because he was a Heisman winner at Florida, a little before time, but I'm sure pretty good. As a pro, I don't think he was a great pro. Yeah, yeah. career. Yeah, um, they play Kentucky this week. So that's a big game for Florida at home. Well, like Utah's quarterback, right? He's Sam a legitimate Bryson. NFL prospect to me. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he, four star. Went to Oklahoma. I mean, committed Oklahoma. Went to Texas. Yeah, like is did we just watch a guy that? You know, could go like pick 50 and be like, I mean, that's a really good pick, right? Yeah. You go in the second round to a guy that's going to go two overall. And that was ultimately kind of the difference in the game. Would could you say be. the difference in the game with the two quarterbacks? I mean, I want, I, I think it's a fair point because Anthony Richardson was so good, but, but Cam Rising was really good. I mean, he had 125 left in the game. He drove him down the field, threw a pick in the end zone, had an incredible run. I thought he was really good in the game, too. I mean, to me, one of the, Utah went 0 for 3. Over two in the like from the five yard line in. 
uh, that was a big difference in the game. They had a second down, the running back trips and falls when he's probably going to score a third down rising reaches. I think he got in, but they wouldn't want to review. And then the fourth down where Tavion Thomas, the running back kind of gets, he fumbles. He wasn't going to get to the end zone anyway. And Florida takes over. And then oh, they, they went for it and Florida got, I didn't see they got the yeah, ball back. That was like, like in the, the half third yard quarter, line. third quarter. And then Florida took over like the one yard line. So on fourth down. So, I mean, I thought that was, but yeah, Anthony, if you said name one difference in the game, it was Florida's quarterback. Yeah. Outplayed everybody on the field. I so. think the key now for this to age well is for Florida just to have an eight, nine win season and Utah to just take care of business. Well, now. there's absolutely still a path for Utah to go to the playoff. No one's ever gone unbeaten in the Pac 12, Pac 12 regular season. Because people usually lose a shitty game. Everybody. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but here's the deal there have been eight years of the college football playoff. 63% of the teams that go to the playoff are one loss teams, 63%. So 20 of the 34. Um, only one team in the history of the playoff has won its power five team has won its league outright with only one loss and not made the playoff. And that's Ohio state in 2018 who lost to a five win Purdue team that year, but the playoff had three unbeatens that year. So is that, one loss, had the, is that when urban was like having the heart attack? I think that's when, or yeah. And they got left out. And then in 14 TCU and Baylor were like co big 12 champs, whatever. So there's still a path, but it's just you got no margin for error now. I didn't come away thinking any less of Utah. I you just hopefully for them, Florida's good. Totally agree. Can, can I give one quick take? Because I saw Joel Klatt. Did you see his little rant on social media about the college football playoffs and how the key of expansion is so far 10% of college football programs have gotten the college football playoff. And okay. if, if they had had 12 teams for the last eight years, it would be like 33%. And he, started, and he threw up teams. Western Michigan would have been Arizona one year. I think that was the year Rich Rod got to the Pac-12 championship would have been a pack. I don't think the the conference, ex, not conference expansion, the college football expansion solves fucking anything. Because if you want to make the argument, well, look at the NFL, 14 teams get in. Well, the difference is, is yeah, Tampa Bay kills Philly, right? 2-7. Well, the Niners at a 3-6 or 2, whatever it was, I guess it was the second round. Well, one, they're an underdog against the Cowboys who have multiple – it was 12-win team, they were a 10-win team. Niners beat them. That's not as crazy of an upset. That could happen, right, a 4-5 type thing in college football. The difference, though, is once the Niners played the Packers, they're the one seed heavy favorites, the equivalent of like Alabama playing Cincinnati or Georgia playing Michigan. The Niners didn't just upset them. Like they were just – I mean, it was a, they were equals. That has not been the case in college football playoff. And right now, clearly, Alabama and Georgia would wipe the floor with everybody. And consistently, that's kind of been happening. So you can add these teams, which I'm fine with. I want to watch these games. But we have to be prepared. There are going to be a lot of shitty games. There just are. I mean, the, 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 the separation at the top is not even close. And I think Georgia and Oregon showed that. It's like everyone – I don't follow recruiting that closely. You, you probably follow it closer than I do. But I do understand, like, once the guy gets there, like, the hype on a guy, I follow it then. And the, there's been so much, it's so loud on Mario's hype. And it was clear. Like, you just look at the rivals' ratings. When you look at, like, draft prospects, Mario was fucking going top 10, top 10, top 10. Well, one thing the Georgia-Oregon game showed is, like, and I was told this back in, when I was in the NFL and I worked with Alabama people. They don't recruit people. They choose people. Now, you could argue now with the NIL a little different. Like, Jimbo's got in there and LSU and Georgia, like – 
of course, like there's a guy that picks between like two or three schools. But for the most part, who Alabama and Georgia, and I'd even throw kind of Ohio State in there, who they want, they get. Like who they really, really want. Now, again, there are a couple guys that – the difference between like the top three, four recruiting classes now, I think in like seven, eight, nine is a pretty – because Harbaugh recruits really well. And we've seen him a couple times getting these games where it's like, I thought you have sweet players and they have sweet players and the gap looks so wide. And I don't think that's going to change because it's not like I can get Cam Rising, you can get Anthony Richardson. And like I, we just said, Anthony Richardson's a little bit better. But the gap, I mean, it's fine. That's You can win with those level quarterbacks either side. But it's just like the, the talent at the lines. Like that to me, I watched a lot of SEC football in Nashville. They are way more physical. And they're just way faster. And the Phil Savage always told me that about Clemson. And when Jimbo was at Florida State, they recruit an SEC player and they play an ACC schedule. Well, you watched Clemson last night on defense. What did it look like? They have... NFL guys everywhere. And and Utah is like I it's why I respect them. Like they run a they're easily the best program out west. Now Lincoln will probably have them rolling in a couple of years, but like right now Utah is on a completely different level even than Oregon. And to me that has probably a lot to do with like development and stuff. But like if you would have put Utah on the same field as even like as Georgia at Oregon, I think it would have been closer. They just better coached, more experience, but it still would have been a pretty wide gap, right? If you would put Utah on the field with Oregon? With Georgia. Oh, with Georgia, yeah. yeah. So maybe the final score is 38 to 12. Not all, not all five stars are created equal. Not all full, four stars are created equal. And that's equal. a bad example because Utah's not recruiting that kid. But like, I think USC is going to be a good example once Lincoln really gets it humming in a couple of years. Is he the fifth best recruiting class every year? And like when he plays Georgia or Alabama, again, Alabama could fall off because he might leave. Let's say Brian Kelly or Jimbo turns their program into that. Is there still a gap because that top 25 kid is so much better than the 80th kid? But even the, getting the 80th kid is a big deal for recruiting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the 20th kid's a lot better than the 80th kid. That's why Kayvon was such a big deal when Oregon got yeah. him because he was a guy that Alabama or Georgia would have taken. But but I think where I disagree is that simply by opening the playoff up to 12 teams, you create more teams, more programs that can say in recruiting we have a chance. I think there's the chance that it creates a little more. NIL is already going to distribute talent a little bit further around because now I can just pay a guy who would otherwise go to Alabama more money to come to A&M or whatever. And I think when you have more teams for the category of players that really care about trying to win a national championship, there was only a handful of programs every year that could tell them, if you come here, you have a chance. I think the playoff kind of did that where it made it so that like Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, definitely Ohio State, like players knew there's only a couple of programs that can walk into my living room and truly tell me that I, I can go to the playoffs every year. But isn't that the beef with NIL is that players don't care about that as much if you can offer me way more money. It's why Texas A&M who sure, wins yeah, that's game part of the year. That, but to me, that's one example of something that distributes the talent away from Alabama and Georgia a little bit. And then I think the playoff is another thing that distributes the talent a little bit away from those programs potentially because that's one more argument I could make is before Alabama could just pay more. Georgia could just pay more. And this was the only place you were coming to win a championship. Now you can go to the maybe you don't win it. You can go to the playoff from a lot of places, especially if you have a chance for automatic for conference champions to go. And NIL is also set. Like wherever Dion is, right? I, I don't know if you saw his kid was like 22 of 26, five touchdowns this weekend and a win over God only knows who. Started 17 to 17. Started 17 to 17, almost broke David Carr's Texans record. Or did Derek Carr break David Carr's record? Most completions to start a game. I don't, was, didn't Aaron Rodgers hold that record? Maybe Aaron held the record. I don't know. I thought David had the – anyway, maybe David almost got Aaron's – whatever it was. So at Fresno State or at Houston? No, no, Texans. 
Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I do think in that way, it's good for the sport. And then I think as bad as Oregon and Georgia was, like just for a second, that game was, that game would not, I don't know what the rating was in the second half. Wasn't good. 27 to three, whatever the hell the score was. But what I love about a game is like you turn it on, stadium, teams run out, logos, fans, and you're going to get that every game for the four playoff teams that we've had. So many of those games have been awesome hype, bad games. We've had a lot of bad games in the 14 playoff. So whether or not you get a lot more bad games in the 12-team playoff, of course you will. You're right. Isn't the average margin of victory in the first round in the playoffs pretty high? It's huge. It's huge. But uh, you're still going to get eyeball. The game's going to kick off, and you're going to have huge ratings, and it's going to create more money. I think the amount of money – they're leaving hundreds of millions of dollars on the table by not having a playoff. So I I do think it's better for the sport overall, A, from a recruiting standpoint that I mentioned, B, more fan bases engaged, um, more fan bases watching. I think it just makes the sport a little more national. I think it's good in that way. I don't disagree with the anything you said in terms of the more money, the more eyeballs, more chances. I just don't think it solves the fundamental problem of like the same powerhouses. You could argue before the playoffs in the BCS era, before NIL money, back when you know only certain the same powerhouses for the most part dominate decades, right? Now the powerhouse might change, like Nebraska was on top of Notre Dame, and then it kind of shifted more to USC and Texas. But it's two or three teams dominate college football. Consistently. And I, I think the other I think, big, I, I think it does increase the chance that just, they have to play more games now to win a championship, right? It increases. My main pushback is on just the college football playoff actually being sweet. Again, I'm going to watch the game. I'm all for it. March madness gets a lot of hype, right? I think the main difference in March madness is there are consistent major upsets consistently. And I just think that is not going to happen in football. And you could say, well, now Alabama has to play three games instead of two. Of course, it's football, but I don't know. We 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 have now eight years of data of the top teams. Like the one of the biggest upset was Ohio State against Alabama. But actually, how did that game age? Well, Urban Meyer was a coach of Ohio State. Their star players were Zeke, Joey Bosa, you know, fucking Michael Thomas. I mean, it turns out like actually that team was littered. It was Alabama. We just didn't quite know how good those guys were yet, and that is the biggest upset so far. Yeah. And I think that game aged actually wasn't that crazy of an upset, right? Like, well, just think back. about how many times has Alabama been upset, period, in the regular season. Forget, forget about in the playoffs. Yeah, it doesn't How many happen. times does Georgia get upset, period? Right. But that's my thing with, with the NFL, which I think makes their playoffs so awesome, is like definitely once you get to the second round, anyone can win. And you could argue, depending on the matchup like in the first round, it could happen. That's just, it doesn't feel There's that usually way. only a team or two that you don't think can win week one of the NFL playoffs wildcard weekend, right? Yeah, and, and maybe you're right as time goes and things neutralize a little Nick bit. Nick Saban isn't going to be coaching forever either. That's the other thing, right? It is. You think. But I, I do think it shifted. Like, So let's say he leaves and Alabama just comes back to earth a little bit. Brian Kelly or Jimbo could easily take that mantle of just being a consistent power. Well, right? clearly George is ready to take the number one spot. I'd say Georgia is now Alabama 2.0. Like yeah. they're just Alabama's equal. There's just two teams now that run college football. Those two. Like you agree they're dramatically but like if Ohio State's the third best team, like they're in a different category. It would be a major upset if oh, Alabama and Georgia aren't playing in the title game this year. Well, I think the question with Ohio State is like, is Ryan Day any good? And when I say any good, obviously he's good. I just mean at that level. Like one thing Kirby's established, like I'm a big boy and I, I plan on being a multiple time national champion. I think Lincoln Riley, like, we saw him take stoops to another level. Like, Ryan Day has gone back. 
That's that's what I just wonder. Now you could argue they got a big win, but they were playing a first time head coach. They barely covered. I mean, they were losing. I I only watched bits and pieces because it was far away in the bar I was in. They were losing at one. Notre Dame is a consistent playoff team, right? Now they get blown out in the playoff, but historically they're a pretty good program. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So that's is that the level Ohio State? Like Urban had them as like we're competing for natties. Right. Like it doesn't quite feel like Ohio State took a again incremental step back, which is still better. Every 99% of teams in the country would sign up for that. Like I, I, it gives you a I chance a to dec- win a championship. I watched a decent amount of Michigan. I wonder if it just took Harbaugh a little bit longer, if they're kind of ready to be like just a more physical, consistent, like be a legit program. I wonder if it's a little closer than people realize moving forward, them in Ohio State. Maybe they got, they're going to start a different quarterback this week. Yeah. So my point is he still has to find the quarterback that can really win him championships, right? True. And Jim, in big games, in close games, I still don't totally trust. But but we're not acting. We're not telling him to beat Kirby or Nick here. We'll just beat Ryan Day again. That's true. That's a good point. Yep. Mario Mario beat Ryan Day. And what's his name in Minnesota? Uh, all right. Let's get back to uh, what's his name. Minnesota's supposed to be good. I don't. I didn't see any of them week one. They blew him out to PJ Fleck. Oh, by the way, I know you. You told me you're watching some of this game. I love for those of you who are listening to this podcast. Before we get back to the NFL, I just clicked on this game. Uh, like Sunday, I was just clicking through. What are some of the games I missed? And I started watching. Iowa, South Dakota State. I have a screenshot up for the stream. Iowa won the game seven to three, but they had two safeties. Here's a screenshot. Four minutes left. It's second and eleven for South Dakota State. Their own seven yard line. Their quarterback has dropped back into the end zone. The score on the screen says Iowa five, South Dakota State three. The quarterback's about to get sacked for another safety. They're going to lose seven to three. And they immediately in the crowd, I don't know, you were watching the game if you saw this, they immediately cut to the guy in the stands holding a T-shirt that says, I cheer for the punter. <laughs> so that guy came ready for Iowa football. I do wonder if South Dakota State is actually sneaky, like a power D1AA right with North Dakota State. Jack Rabbit, pretty good. I think yeah, the Jack Rabbit, pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Trey Lance, back to him. Week one, Justin Fields. Um, you know, we've been debating whether or not we want to make this our lock of the week, Niners at six and a half or seven. And um, I think the other thing we've been talking about is now that Jimmy Garoppolo is back on the team, before we talked about Trey's numbers in the context of how good does he have to be for them to win. But there's another layer now, which is how good does he have to be for Jimmy Garoppolo to remain the backup quarterback all year? Because one thing that Jimmy News has done, it has taken what was already a team that was getting talked about by everybody, getting a tunnel of Richard Sherman picked him to win the Super Bowl the other day. I don't know if you saw that. And it only elevated. He, lo- the he loves these guys. I know. I mean, he loves <laughs> but he's not the only one who's picking the Niners, right? I know. I know. He's not I, the only one. I, I do. I, I appreciate Richard's bias. Like he doesn't even feel like a Seahawk. He just he just fucking loves the 49ers. He doesn't he's feel like, like all an guys. He's like Peyton Manning <laughs> and the Broncos. Like. I also I also read though that Robert Sala they signed a safety from Tampa. And the connection was Richard Sherman calling on behalf of this guy in free agency and telling him, like, hammer in the table for him. It's like Richard's become Taking agent a meets GM meets podcaster, which I, I always appreciate. Uh, I, I will say this, though, about one thing we know about the young crop of quarterbacks, you knew right away. Like, you saw signs of life year two. Now, a lot of these guys played. Herbert played. Lamar played half the year. Uh you know, Mahomes only played the one year. And I'm not putting him in these guys' category, but I'm just saying Josh Allen, 
you saw serious Carson Wentz. I remember remember watching Carson Wentz by year two. They're like, holy shit, they got something. Yeah. You could tell year one, like the guy was physically talented. By year two, he was just pretty good. And it's a passing league. What that, that's what's so funny about Iowa. It's never been easier to score in the sport. You know, it's just like Davis High. We were in the wing tee. Think about that. 20 years ago. And, and honestly, a lot of programs did. Had a No high school program doesn't run like, beside a tiny, tiny percentage, run a passing offense. But I would imagine in high school football 25 years ago, the majority of them were running option stuff, wing tee stuff. College football was probably a little more spread out, but still was run heavy. The sport is just so pass heavy that I... I I'm not expecting him to be Herbert Lamar account for 40 plus touchdowns by year two, but I think we have been using numbers that are a little too low. Like if this guy's going to be pretty good, he got a redshirt year because he can run too. I, I think the number has to be over 30. And, and to me, the, the threshold's about 30. So that to me is 23, 24 passing touchdowns and then another seven. And if he's not running for seven. Like I think I'm going to need 26, 27 passing touchdowns. Well, Carson Wentz was 33 touchdowns and seven picks his second year in the league. Now it's a, it's not a totally fair comparison, right? Because he started 16 games as a rookie. So he played more, maybe a closer comparison is golf. Is that McVay's got there? Uh, His second year. Yeah. McVay got there. So 17. uh, Yeah. 17. So I give, you know, obviously McVay takes him to another level, but Trey has Kyle Shanahan golf only played seven games as a rookie. He was 28 touchdowns, seven picks, and in 17, 23 years old as the full time starting quarterback. They went 11 and four. It, it, you, wouldn't you argue? I, I vividly remember he was one of the bigger revelations of the season, Jared Goff, right? Both those guys felt like hits after their second year in the league. So you're saying that they accounted for well over 50 touchdowns, two of them? I mean, hell, 61 touchdowns, right? Not only that, that year, Wentz led the league in touchdown percentage seven and a half percent of his passes were touchdowns and golf led the league in yard imagine this golf led the league in yards per completion that year in 2017 12.9 yards per completion that's why i kind of like the lions how about that <laughs> oh you're betting on that guy he's gone down every year since but but i and i would say you could argue wentz is a better comparison to trey not because they're north dakota state guys Jared started as a true freshman at Cal and played three years and a lot of football. They weren't good. They only made one bowl game, but he played 12 games every year. For Sonny. Yeah, threw the ball all the time. Carson, if you remember, had been injured, didn't play as much in college. And like you said, he did get to play his entire rookie year, and it didn't really matter. He just kind of got to screw up. So he had more playing experience in, in the NFL. But I, I do think we've you and I have put the bar a little low. If, if this kid's going to be good, or you could just argue, like I mean, I was texting with Greg Pop a couple weeks ago. He's like, he just thinks that the development that everyone trying to rush development of these guys. It's like, well, yeah, it's 2022. Like, I, I'm sorry, it's not 19 fucking 98 that we just look at this stuff differently. Part of your reps, and you could argue this is he's a little bit more of an outlier, right? Because 20 years ago, even if he was going to be a top pick from a smaller school, he wouldn't have come out after his redshirt sophomore year. Now, I know that the COVID year, it, it it's not even his fault, right? He would have, it, it, obviously, he would have played his redshirt sophomore year if he could have. The season literally got canceled. But I, I don't know. I, I wonder if, let's just say, instead of, let's just say he was a prospect closer to Goff and Wentz, so he had played in like 2019, 2000, 2018, 2019, like Carson leaves, he takes over instead of the other kid. 
and he comes out after his redshirt sophomore year, but he has two years starting at a smaller school. Is he that much more prepared for the NFL? I, you know, I don't know. Cause I, I, I think that's, I, I think part of the whole, the, the, the uncertainty on him, I think just always gets back to, well, he hasn't played. He hasn't played. And it's very, very valid, right? He just, he has not. Cause even like Jared Goff, like he hasn't played. No, he's three year starter, the pac 12. And then he's seven games as a rookie or wh- whatever it was. I mean, yeah. that's just seven. That's, that's just not the case with this guy. You know, I think the other thing that complicate, not complicates it, but the other thing that we have to consider too, is that he does not, you know, both those guys crazy. It's crazy to think about it now, but both Wentz and golf are seven picks that year. If I told you seven picks for Trey, you'd probably adjust. You'd go, all right, well, seven picks. Okay, if he throws 24 touchdowns and runs a few in, like that's seven picks is not what you're banking on because it feels like if you're going to be a high, high and low, low guy, maybe a little, some roller coasters, try and make some spectacular plays, but it's also going to hurt you sometime. That's fine as long as you make the spectacular plays, right? So yeah. you're not looking for 17 interceptions, which is what Trevor, Trevor Lawrence last year was 17 picks, 12 touchdowns, right? That was. Roller coaster the wrong way, but whatever. He was on the Jags. Expectations on the Jags. It it doesn't matter what his numbers were last year. It matters what Trey's numbers are this year because that one interception, that's teen instead of eleven, or those twenty four touchdowns instead instead of twenty eight, whatever the number is. Like they're going to be trying to be the one seed potentially. Are they trying to win this division against the defending Super Bowl champs? How's it going to look well, for the wild card race? They barely well, got in last year. Well, let's just use this. Their first six games. Anything less than four and two is a disaster. They get obviously this opening game. They're they're one of the biggest favorites of the weekend. I think actually they might be the biggest number of the weekend. Uh, week two against Seattle, which we all think suck coming off a short week. Then they got two tough games: Denver, the Rams. I'm pretty sure. Then you got Carolina, Atlanta. I mean, they're favored in four of the six. Carolina, Atlanta. Yep. You agree? Like any if, if they're three and well, three, like we got. Pre- can- Especially considering who they play next, then they play KC, the Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals. What would you say? Wouldn't you agree? Minimum four and two—that's the only thing acceptable. Yeah, because three and three would mean that you've lost to either Chicago, Seattle, Carolina, or Atlanta, and potentially got swept by the two good teams you played, which wouldn't be Denver a good, and the Rams. Thing. Yeah. Three and three, three and three would feel worse the day you lose. Would feel the worst the day you lose that three, whatever that three is, right? Losing to Chicago, Seattle, uh, Carolina, or Atlanta would feel even worse than three and three looks. I think that's <laughs> what would bad. make it bad. Because three and three, like if you just say teams are three and three, what happens next? You go whatever. You especially in the NFC this year, but it would feel whatever. Pick pick whichever game you want. That would feel. Well, I know this. Last year, the worst loss of the of the year, I thought by far, the way it felt was that Tennessee short week. They were kind of kicking their ass, and then Jimmy threw those two of the worst picks ever. And it turns out later his thumb was fucked up, but it just felt like this season's over. That's what it felt like in the moment. And I guess they had some early moments like that uh, last year, right? Seattle and Arizona. When when you lose games that you're supposed to win, and people think you're supposed to win, and and you're a good team. That week is tough. It's it becomes ne- negative, and that's why I go on that stretch of games. I I think you got to be four and two, and honestly, four and two that means potentially you've either blown a game to a team that you were favored against, or you've lost the two potential playoff teams. I, the Rams are a playoff team. We'll see on Denver, but at the time, if Denver beats you, it'll feel like they're good. So, like that would not be good. 
Like it's no, but of, part of that is how right. That's a you like you've said this for a while about that game. That's a road game, Sunday night football. You, you can you can lose that game for sure, Sunday night football, Trey Lance. But then like you just are you not cool with losing back to back games of the Rams because that's gonna be a big game for the Rams. One thing yeah. we know, and we talked about it last year, they had to start two and zero because remember it was Detroit, Philly, and they did. Yeah, and ultimately you can say like. They had to win at the end, but then they lost four straight. You got, but you got to bank wins. Yes, that's like true. you got to bank wins. Jimmy was three and five last year. Says JD on the stream. That's right, and that's why we thought Trey would start against the Bears week eight. Yeah, when they were three and four. <laughs> Wait, he wasn't. Were they three and five? They, then they played the. I think two and, two the, and four. Two and four. They beat the Bears to get the three and four. Lost to the Cardinals to get the three and five. But then they beat the Rams to save their season. Right, Monday Night Football. And they beat the Rams to save their season. Yep. Sometimes so, you got to save your season. Sometimes, yeah, you know, week seven. Sometimes you got to save your They saved their season multiple times. That 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 was the night. They that stayed truly, in the ER and they stayed in the ICU. They didn't get sent home. But they were that, under observation for the rest of the year. That night saved their life against the Rams. Yeah. Because, and, and it was crazy because it, I honestly didn't feel great about it. And they beat the shit out of them. That was a wild game. There are two games against the Rams last year were batshit crazy. How about the, the bangles Iuke walk-off win game? Well, but remember they were kicking the Bengals' ass, and then the Bengals yeah, kind of came true. from back. That's true. And then, that's true. I felt like – I don't think Tennessee, we – we didn't view the Bengals as the Bengals at that point. The th- no, that's true. The thing about the Tennessee loss was it was week 16. There had been port points in the year already where you where it felt like they had saved it, and then to have been back where they were in the house that Lorenzo Neal built week 16 was – um. Guy, on, on national TV, you know, when you're there and you just like, well, I got to look up this play again. The forward pass doesn't even do it justice. It was 17 yards forward. I mean, it wasn't. It's not even close you know, to parallel. You that and Fortinbaugh tweeted. Now, granted, he he didn't pat. He hands it off yeah, right yeah, to yeah. Weisscheck. Weisscheck then throws it to Kevin Dyson. Is that what it was? And then Kevin Dyson just walks in. Yeah. Um, Fortinbaugh tweeted uh, forward lateral. And I, it took me a second to realize he was making a joke, which is laterals only go backwards. That's uh, a good one. That's that, a good one. So I thought I thought that was a good way of looking at it. But a lot of Eddie George jerseys around there too. A lot of Eddie George jerseys. He's the coach at um, Tennessee Tech, I think, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, John, I want to read you the first sentence from this feature in ESPN. Tim Keen. Keen. I'm not. I've read his name a million times. Really good writer. K-E-O-W-N, but I've never quite known how to pronounce it. Um, Keon? Keon? Anyway, sorry, Tim. But big fan of your work. Here's the, let me read you the first sentence on this Devante Adams story. On a fine Saturday spring about a decade ago, Derek Carr asked his friend and Fresno State teammate Devante Adams if he wanted to go whitewater rafting. That's the lead on this big story about Devante. Okay? The first sentence on that story is basically... Derek Carr and Devontae Adams have been friends since Fresno State 10 years ago. And everyone by now knows that they were also, you know, Devontae put together, I think, one of the greatest, one of the most underrated college football careers ever. Michael Crabtree level production and Crabtree won back-to-back Belitnikoff awards. Now he did it at Fresno State, but I think Devontae's career with Derek is one of the great most, it is without opinion, one of the most dominant receiver careers that college football has ever seen in terms of just pure production. So that's how the article starts, which I think, and you were making this point to me before we started the podcast, it, the, the conversation with the Raiders starts with that, Derek and Devontae together. 
And there's just this assumption that it will equate to what it's always equated for with Devante, which is all pro level performance. Yeah. I mean, I think they have a lot of pressure on them and I think it has on Derek more than Devante because Devante is considered a top 10 player in the NFL. Top 10 player. Aaron Rodgers, a top five quarterback, potentially. I, I'd argue he is. I know he's got some flaws to the resume, but we all watch him. He's, yeah, all time. I mean, I think he's right in that conversation. Yeah, right. Uh, calls him the best player he's ever played with, you know? So it's uh, he's an all time great player, Devontae Adams, in the peak of his powers. And now he's going to a guy that's like his best friend and his buddy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think they are one of the, like this tandem that everyone is just really, really fascinated to watch. Like the tandem of it, given the hype of the connection. Like last year when Stafford got there, obviously he, him and Cooper Cup had a historic season, but it never felt like they're a tandem, right? Like Cooper Cup gets his individual credit and Stafford gets his individual credit. I feel like this one, it's weird because Devontae's the star of the team. Devontae's the best player the Raiders have had beside Khalil Mack over the last two decades. I don't count Randy Moss because he wasn't good for the Raiders, right? And we'll see. I mean, I'm expecting Devontae to still be sweet. Like we saw Khalil. He's the Khalil's the best player the Raiders have had over two decades. I expect Devontae to be that level, but in a weird way, it's going to be like this connection between the two. And I'm not claiming these guys are young and rice or Montana and rice, but you know how those guys are just synonymous or like, you know, I'd say like Brady and Gronk or like, it's just, it's going to be this, those two talked about. Right. But in a weird way, like I already know Devontae is like a hall of fame level player. And I, no one would argue that. Like if you just ask Richard Sherman is Devontae hall of fame level player, he'd say, yes. If you just ask like Bill Belichick or coaches that have coached against him, like how good Devontae Adams, it all fucking wax poetic. Obviously, Derek is not that, but they're going to be connected at the hip here. They, they just are. And it's just going to be talked about nonsense. It's going to be the number one. I, I mean, a lot about Josh and stuff, but it's just those two guys. I, on the, you know how broadcasts work. Like, it's just they're going to hammer the shit out of that. And right, they should. Because like you said, they were historic. And if you watched it live, it, honestly, they were so good. I think people nitpicked it like it can't be this easy in the pros, right? These guys... Like this guy can't look at who they're doing it against. And it turns out, right. They both got drafted the same year, turned out to be two of the better picks in their draft. Like if you could redo, they're both going top five. I mean, Derek plays quarterback. He's let's him, Khalil Devante. Like (laughs) ironically Raiders got two of them, but like, it's just, they were that good. And and I think when we look back, like why did Devante Adams go at the end? Well, part of it was a speed, but, and Derek going the second round, Derek might've been the name, but it was because it was like it, it couldn't have been as easy as what they did against the Mountain West. They, they were in the Mountain West. Yeah, yeah Mountain West. Winning. Right? I mean, that was the big question. Like, it's these guys, they're just throwing it up, kicking everyone's ass. And then they both – Devontae's kicked more ass. Devontae's gotten better since then, too. Devontae's right? gotten way better. He's 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 gotten a lot better. Um, I, I also think they've put the target on their own back, which is fine. I, I don't think players or coaches or – like I have, I have no problem with people raising the expectations on themselves, but it just creates a world where you have to back it up, right? So there have been a lot of the stories. Tim Kewen, thank you, is the pronunciation. Get that right on the writer on ESPN.com. There's not a lot of stories like this. Like this is, you know, this is what everybody wanted. This is what we've been working for. Once we can get back together again, you know, Derek and Devante, it'll though it'll go back to the way it always was. And I think they've put their Definitely Derek has kind of – they've put the target on the back by saying, I was chasing this guy. I wanted to go get him, all that stuff. 
which again, I'll repeat, I have no issue with, but it just does create more pressure, more attention, which sometimes players need to do that. Like creating a little more pressure, a little more urgency creates a world where they have to be more locked in. The other part of this is Aaron. Because now Aaron's got a team where he doesn't have a Devontae. How does Aaron look? Does Aaron look really good? Because if Aaron looks good, like are Devontae and Aaron struggling apart from each other? Is Devontae playing really well? And Aaron's, it, you know, there are still stories. In fairness to Aaron, he's been great without Devontae. A hundred percent. He has been. And they even with Devontae on the team, but Devontae Hurt have played really well. Like somebody yeah. crunched those. are they like seven and one or something? Yeah, it was weird. Games. It was bizarre. So you're right. Aaron has the long resume. There's no Aaron is playing like a Hall of Famer. Aaron just is a Hall of Famer. Devontae's playing like a Hall of Famer, right? Devontae's not in the Hall of Fame today, is he? Probably not, no. Probably not, but maybe. I mean, you know. but How how, how old is the guy? 28? I mean, he's got got a long career left. Um, But I think that they have elevated it a little bit because so many people are aware of the fact that Turns thirty. This I mean that December. first that first game they play. It's going to be nothing. But it's going to be hey, let's take a now. Let, let's go into the time machine. Look back at Derek and Devonte at Fresno State, and they've leaned into it. Isn't part of the the hype too on these two guys? Like part of it, Fresno State. They were kind of like the little engine that could. They were one of the best at the time. Non Power Five programs. They were two of the better players of the non Power Five players. I bet if we went back and looked of the like. Devontae down of the guys that got drafted, the majority of them are power five players. So they were clearly the cream of the crop. But it was like, oh, well, now they are, they get to shine at 29 and 30 years old together in the peak of their, in the prime of their careers, in the biggest of big stages. I mean, they're playing in the best division in football against, I would say, the new, would you say the Chiefs are the new Patriots? I, I know it's, it's, it's really one championship, but yeah. But it's like they're the new powerhouses in, in a weird way. The Raiders, Ram. It, it's yeah. I mean, there there isn't a new Patriots. That's unfair. The, but they are they're in the division with the best team in the AFC, the best pro, you know operation in the AFC. Who in a weird way is their rivals? Their other kind of two rivals, the Chargers and the Broncos. In theory, should just be good. It's the most talked about division for football people to be like, oh, it's the best players. <laughs> It'd be like if they were just playing the SEC West in college. No one would have argued. They would have gone in the top ten, both of them, if they would have done that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you get to like this is how you become Hall of Famers. And like you said, Devontae's already kind of trending that way. But I, you could argue Derek could change the landscape of his career. The other part of it is Josh. Well, Josh he plays is a huge kind of Derek esque in that he's been viewed. He's been controversial. Different people with different opinions, and now it's kind of his chance to prove it. Right, his second chance to prove it. And for and in theory, he should be great for Derek. Like this should be ideal for Derek. Um. And that elevates kind of the attention on them as well. well. He's seen it all, right? I mean, he is he has a lot of experience. <laughs> I mean, a lot of experience calling plays in the magnitude of the games he's called plays in are some of the biggest in the history of the league, right? Yeah. I mean, literally several Super Bowls, but just the Four, Patriots played Patriots played in games that just mattered more than ninety nine percent of other games. And he worked for Bill, which also you know, I think adds to his rep in a positive way and worked hand in hand with, you know, arguably one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. The great score. Hey, John, look at these. Look at these real quick. Devonte, Can you see this? Two yeah. years at Fresno State because uh, he redshirted. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I think it was academics because I remember oh, Drew oh, and like okay. D Ray and some of those guys texting me like Derek Ray, bro. I, I don't even think you guys can quite comprehend what this dude is doing on the scout team for our number one defense. So two years, thirty-eight touchdowns, three three thousand thirty-one yards. Okay, thirty-eight touchdowns, three thousand yards. Now I'm going to go to Crabtree, who again back-to-back Bolitnikoff Award winner, top ten pick, thirty-eight touchdowns, three thousand thirty-one yards for Devonte. 41 touchdowns, 31-28 for Crabtree. So like 98 more receiving yards overall. And Crabtree also was two years. And three more touchdowns. That's Crabtree like, redshirted the too then. Yeah, I <laughs> got to go back and what the hell was going on. Well, he's just like, we had a deep room. So uh, anyway, that's I, 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 don't, I think Devontae's college career, people don't quite realize how great he was. Um, but. Everybody's in on the Fresno State pipe for those two. God, that is. I'm just looking back. Uh, do you know that the they had a Danny Amendola also was in that wide receiver. That's a pretty good little Crabtree Danny Amendola. One on the outside, one on the inside. Oh seven, Te- Texas Tech. Yeah, Danny Amendola was an 08. What one was Crabtree's last year? Oh seven, oh eight. Yeah, he got drafted in 08. So maybe they just played together in 07. They played together in 07. Oh God. Crabtree had 134 catches. Danny Amendola had 109. Eric Morris had 75. That's the guy that's the offensive coordinator at Washington State now. Um, Eric Morris is the dude that coached that guy at Incarnate Word. Yeah. And he worked for Kingsbury as like a young, young coach with Mahomes. Yeah. Makes well, sense because he, he worked. Kingsbury was even Kingsbury was young then. Kingsbury was on that staff, but you know, Leach was the head coach. So Eric Morris, I mean, that guy's probably 33 to 35. Yeah, maybe a. Uh, well, Am- Amendola and Crabtree were both like 36, 37. Yeah, so. he might be closer to that. I think he's older than Crabtree. Um, but anyway. But yeah, because Crabtree was twenty, so he might have been a senior or whatever. I yeah. got you. I got you. So he, this guy, Eric Morris, might be like 38, 39 years old. But he is a he is an air raid guy, and people think highly of Eric Morris. Well, he's been in. Yeah, the, he's been in the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, he he's knows. a true. He was there with Lincoln. He was there. You know, Lincoln has a younger brother. Was was Lincoln Riley the wide receiver coach on this squad? Uh, he might have been receiver coach. He, you know, Lincoln was um, asked to move to the coaching staff. <laughs> so was Lane Kiffin. Lincoln so was, Lane. yeah, he was the wide receiver coach. So he in, just moved immediately to the staff. In 07 through 09, basically. So he, 07. So he was on the team in 06 and then coached Crabtree in 07. Uh. Yeah, well, no, you're a little ahead. Lincoln's a little older than those guys. Lincoln was quarterback in like 02, and then they booted. I just think so he might have been a GA or something on that staff for a few. Yeah, years. they called him an SA, which I would imagine is student assistant, yeah, aka okay. former player, gotcha, 03 gotcha. to 05. <laughs> I'd say, uh, looking back, that Lincoln listening to Mike Leach on that advice to make that transition worked out pretty well for him, don't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was a good move. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, got some people are talking about New Mexico State in the chat. I don't. I don't have time to um, pull the thread on that one and uh, undo it. Uh, I gotta go. I, huh? I'm saying you want to tell the people about Indeed. Do I? Let's tell them, John. Indeed.com/slash/ham. Indeed.com/slash/ham. Right now, you need to hire. You need Indeed.com/slash/ham. Start hiring right now. 
Yep. Hate waiting. Indeed U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employees find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. The moment they sponsor a job, find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. Think about that guy. You know, you're looking for uh, future talent, which is not easy to find. And especially right now in this job market, you just go to Indeed and that's where the people are. You sponsor posts, you find the exact type stuff you're looking for them, and then you interview them virtually. So it doesn't even matter where they are. Boom. On the on Indeed, you're talking to them. Yep. Indeed knows you're doing everything for your company. You can't afford to overspend on hiring. So visit Indeed.com slash ham to start hiring now. Go to Indeed.com slash ham. That's Indeed.com slash ham. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide who use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I actually ran into a couple people in the elevator uh, from Fresno because I heard them. I, they were like looking at their watch and we're on the long elevator ride. And the guy's like, it's Fresno time. So you got to you got to add two hours. And I was like, you guys are from Fresno? They're like, oh, Fresno State, go dogs. We big go dogs. And like, you guys big Fresno State football fans. And this girl was like, yeah, I know Vicentainer. Because the guy's like, don't you know the kicker? And I was like, right. Gosling? And they're like, oh, Vicentainer? And then, yeah. you know, it's just the Fresno State names start flowing. Oh, know, man. Coach Hill and you know, talking about the, the you know, Tedford back in town and everyone gets excited. <laughs> this is why we're, we're, you and I, when we come up for the lock of the week, Oregon State plus one and a half in Fresno this weekend. I, I can't Torn. gamble against Hayner and the crew. But, I can't uh, either, but but I, I'm pro, we are pro Jonathan Smith. We are pro Jake Hayner. Uh, this is a Jonathan Smith versus Jeff Tedford's a hell of a matchup. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited for that game. What time is that I, game? It's late. It's the it's like the CBS Sports kickoff, seven thirty at night. Yeah, seven thirty. Ten thirty Eastern. You know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I would have loved that game at like five, but I, I get it. You know, national television. Yeah, your uh, four thirty game is SC Stanford. Is Stanford any good? Has Stanford played? We'll uh, yeah, they played Colgate. Oh. Um. Uh. They kicked the shit out of them, or like- yeah, yeah. Uh, Kentucky, Florida. Is your four o'clock ESPN game? That's this not week? terrible. I mean, is, no. is the marquee game on paper Texas Alabama? Well, which paper? Well, do you know what like time that game? Do you, do, you know, do you know what time that game kicks off? Yeah, it's big noon. Think how crazy that is. Don't you think? What, what crazy? In what way? Well, was Ohio State? Did we say that Ohio State and Notre Dame was the number one pick in the whole draft? I mean, we just said we thought it might be the. I said it might be the highest rated game of the year, but maybe not. What? But what but I'm mean? saying, how did Fox get a hold of Alabama? Because they have the rights to Texas. Because they're it's a road game. game. It's a true road game. Big twelve. Which is Saban. It's the only one Saban's played in 17 years. I think he's played like three, and two of them were years one and two or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it makes sense. It's the big. It's they have the rights to Texas and Oklahoma and stuff. So it's an easy one. Right. They would get it. If it was Oklahoma hosting fucking LSU, they would get the game. Right, right. 
Okay. The same way, like any of these games you watch, it's funny because you watch, it'll be like, you're watching the SEC on ESPN, right? Or it's like the that the Florida-Utah game was that. That was the SEC on ESPN. Well, how's it like ESPN? So back-to-back, like Florida State and Clemson and Georgia Tech, they have rights to the ACC. ACC, yeah. So, yeah. Everyone shitting on Brian Kelly like he's a village idiot. Like people realize Ed Ogeron got run out of town because that place was a shit show. It just shows you in the South. Like I saw a headline today from like rivals. Brian Kelly already dismissive in his post-game press conference. Doesn't get the pressures of the SEC. It's just a different world down there, man. I mean, no one believes they should ever suck. Like no one believes they should ever go seven and five ever. Now the uh, way they lost. I mean, you could argue. I, I understand people being pissed. What a mess. I Nobody deserved to win, but we're happy for our guy, Derek Ray at Florida state app state at AM. I don't app state. Not only did they almost beat North Carolina, they were like, were they? They might have been favored because I texted Daniel Jeremiah. I'm like, how are you guys favored against North Carolina? He's like, we're good. Well, uh, guy, how do they host the game? I don't know. Why would you play that game? You, you know the craziest thing I've ever seen? I was walking by a bar and I look up. It's Old Dominion, Virginia Tech at ODU. How, how insane. That makes no sense. That, that athletic director, he should be relieved of his duties. It's crazy. And guy, they lost. They lost. I know. How do you do that game? It makes no sense. I get the App State is now like a Division One. That's like Fresno State or something, right? Yeah, I mean, they're better. Would you say uh, App State might be the best non-power five program in the country? I mean, I've been really paying attention to them for a while, but scored forty points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Tennessee Pitt. That's a good game potentially. That's Tennessee's good. Game. Tennessee's good. Uh, Wisconsin Washington State's interesting. You think Washington State has a chance in that game? To win, not based on what I saw week one. They didn't look I, good. Their de- you know what? Their defense looked good. They played Idaho. Who the hell knows? But their quarterback, they need to be better. They were only like 63% completion against Idaho. Not good enough. How many touchdowns did he throw? Uh, I don't know. Maybe three. You, you, so you're selling? No, I'm not selling. I just didn't think their offense took the game seriously, so I don't really know what to make of them. I hope that's what it was. You know what I mean? How about the they, Sun Devils? What happened to them? They kicked uh, somebody's. Uh, they kicked Northern Arizona's ass on Thursday. Do they play someone real this year or this they week? They play Mississippi State this week. Oh, that's why. No, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Arizona plays Mississippi State. Arizona State plays Oklahoma State. At Oklahoma State. Well, that's a pretty good game. Yeah, I don't know. So when well, that I, game I saw Leach talking about a quarterback. So Leach, who does Leach play? Leach plays Jed Fish in Arizona. And Jed Fish's Arizona quarterback is the kid from Washington State that Leach recruited, right? Right, Jaden Delora. Okay, that's – how about Arizona? Maybe not bad? I think they're not – yeah, I think they're not bad. We'll see. I mean, San Diego State, who knows? San Diego State, I don't know if – this was, that was one of those games where I said last week – I don't know if I said on the pod that I kind of liked Arizona because they were just getting a lot of points and they were a completely different team, whatever – I don't know if you've had this experience where you bet a game and then the and then the person you're betting against their team takes the field and you immediately th- feel something. Well, San Diego State's quarterback is a guy named Braxton Burmeister. I don't know if you remember him. He was like at Oregon for a second, then he went to like Virginia Tech for a second. The second I saw him, all due respect, I went, "Okay, Arizona's they got a shot here." And if he was he was bad. I mean, I don't can Brady Hoke. I don't know. I mean, been a few years now since you know they lost the uh, you know that Rocky Long. How many Division One teams are there? 128. I know they do home and homes, but why, why would they agree to it? Yeah, Who? 130. He was talking about Old Dominion and Pitt. 
Because you never do a fucking home and home with Old Dominion. You do a home and home with Michigan. Were they in some position where they were just like, they were stuck. They needed a home game. They had them over the barrel. I don't know. Yeah, to me, it seems it's just unprecedented. I've never seen that with my own eyes. Like Virginia Tech still in the ACC, correct? I'm not. They didn't get booted to like some little conference. So it's like, that's unheard of. That is unheard of. Uh, what was I just about to say? Sorry, right. lost my train. Of you thought. said, "Were you?" I interrupted you. Yeah, I don't uh, know. we were talking about Arizona, Braxton Burmeister, Rocky Long. Oh, you said 100, 100, 128. Oh yeah, like Division thirty something. Yeah, like forty of the starting quarterbacks this weekend or the last two weekends. And I guess some teams, you know, that have all played now, forty of them. Transferred in 2022. I think it's higher than that. Well, 60 transfers in the last two years are starting. Maybe it's 70, but I oh, the, just dude on the athletic. I, I'm talking gotcha. the starting quarterbacks for the 130 teams. 40 of them literally changed schools this year. That's and you start thinking like a ton of them yeah. just come to the top of mind. Like wow, this well, like Pac-12 has seven. Guy? I think they lead the league. I mean, they lead the nation. Well, not sorry, like Cam Rising counts as a transfer, but most of them are transfers this year. Let me think. Oh, USC transfer this year, Arizona transfer this year, ASU transfer this year, UCLA, no, Colorado, no, Utah, no, Washington State, yes, Washington, yes, Stanford, no, Cal, yes, Oregon, yes, Oregon State, no. So was that seven? But it's like they're shit, they're just you just watch all these games, like they are not alone. You know, I like saw Daniels, you know, all the uh Lane's guy, uh, Pitt's guy, Pitt versus uh, where Spencer Rattler, where's he's at? South Carolina. South Carolina. The 40, I think it's 48 and a half percent, 48 and a half percent of the power five, so that 60 teams have transfer quarterbacks. How, now, that's that? not this year, but like half, 48 and a half percent have guys that they didn't recruit out of high school. Yeah. And I would guess a lot of them are transfers within, to your point, within the last couple of years. I enjoy transfers at quarterback. I think it's great. I think it's great all the way around. Yeah, I love it at quarterback though the most. Like because guard, I don't. Even I care. think it just helps teams though get good like faster. You know what I mean? So in that standpoint, like Arizona's leading receiver transfer uh, in that in that game against San Diego State. Well, what would you bet that Jeff Tedford, starting quarterback, is a Power Five transfer next year? It feels like he'll be all over that. Uh, his yeah, quarterback, like everything. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you go there, right? Well, yeah, that's part of it too. Opportunity. You just, but I mean, you want to play for Jeff Tedford. Jake Hander is going to have a great year. That's true. Go dogs. But go uh, to Oregon State. I kind of, I kind of actually want them to make a run. I, I know they're fun. They they uh eight explosive plays in the past game against Boise State last week. Sixty percent chance of rain in Chicago on Sunday. Not sure you can make Niners lock of the week. Weird wet weather. You'd never know on the chat. Field's not great either. It gets very like loose. Remember last year, Justin Fields. Oh, the field, field. Yeah, the f- the field's bad. Historically terrible field. You see that Bosa? Did you read his part with talking to Breer, where he kind of went off? One, no, Joey, I saw that he wrote about the Bosas, but no, jo- Joey kind of wrote that he looks up to Nick, like how he's like, you know, just how serious Nick is, and Joey's like, I'm kind of a meathead. Nick is like pretty locked and loaded. Honestly, it just makes like Nick feel like a really high level guy. But then Nick goes on talk to Breer when he came through, and was just talking a lot of shit about the turf and maybe like the Niners guys have told him because he used this. I didn't know this, that every team in the EPL or like high level soccer has to do grass. And he's like, why are we still doing turf? And then I had a guy, a kid who's like in litigation law, like a young guy who graduated law school and went to, he's like, well, what do you think about this theory? 
that if the Giants and the Jets give in and change, that they'll be subject to lawsuits. It's why a lot of companies just hold firm, hold firm, because the moment you change, like, see, they change because they knew they were wrong. Mm. It's like you just kind of hopefully it goes away or whatever. I was like, I don't know about that. I mean, what Nick Bosa is going to sue the Giants. Like, I don't even know if that's possible with contracts, but I, I do like, you know, the grass in Chicago is just bad. Like, not all grass is the same. I mean, the grass with the 49ers is bad. Now, maybe you could argue that turf specifically is horrendous. Like, I think you could argue that turf feels like for major college and pro, it's considered the worst turf in the country. Yeah. I have, I know a guy, you know him too, who a couple of years ago, and I've been talking to him for a couple of years now since who works for a turf company, one of the major turf companies. And he is adamant that the NFL fields are lower, that the NFL installs, NFL teams by and large, install a lower quality field than you get on most college or high school fields. That the high school and college teams that use these artificial surfaces generally install a higher tier of product, spend more money, but a higher tier of product than most of the NFL artificial surfaces. He believes the crazy. NFL teams spend he more money by getting shittier. That the NFL teams spend less money on their field. They they buy the shittier field than the college and high school teams that put in artificial turf. That those those institutions put in more expensive turf. Uh, I would somewhat get it if it was like I, I wouldn't get it because th- that's your product and that's your especially if that's your home field. You don't want your own guys getting hurt. But if it was like the difference between a hundred million and ten million or something, but isn't it like? 800,000, yeah, 500,000, about less than a million dollars. Cause I remember when Fresno state got it, it was like, can they raise 230 grand? You know, it's like, what the fuck are these are line items? Can't you amortize expense and the write off? It's like, what are you even talking about? If the giants and jets literally went cheap, like if they, if they were doing that for a and there's money, costs. <laughs> couldn't you imagine you give it to the city a little bit too? Like split it three ways. I would imagine. Jay Daddy says Reggie Bush sued St. Louis. Was that for that was for the amount of space on the sideline? Is that what that yeah, was? Yeah, that, that wasn't the turf because remember he slipped on the but he, concrete. Yeah, but he did. I mean, that's a good example. He did sue. I mean, did he win? Settle? Mm-hmm. How many lawsuits does St. Louis remember, have? Didn't North? he like slip into the stands or something? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, anyway, all right. Um, do I look like Patrick Mahomes? You look like a mixture of Mahomes and Bret Hart. R.I.P. All right. Uh, big week. We'll be back this week. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday. It's just a huge week. So we're looking forward to it. We're glad football's here. Send us, continue to DM us photos of you hanging out with your Tito's. Um, we'll be making drinks this week, no doubt. Stay cool, everybody. And uh, share it. Share it with people you hate. Oh, Max said I look like, with these shades, I look like Lamar. I need a side-by-side. Lamar, just when's he going to sign his contract? Glasses sponsor coming. Uh, when is he going to sign his contract? Hell of a question. Bret Hart not dead? No, Bret's dead. Yeah, I think it's Owen. Wait, are we sure about that? Well, I thought Bret double. fell from the rafters. No, that's, uh, that's Owen. Oh. I I thought Bret died recently, though. Bret Hart, yeah, not dead. 65, it looks like. Uh Yeah, live. Been married three times. Not a boy. Okay. All right. Adios. Thanks for taking everybody. Later. I got a pee so bad.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.